alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. Everybody talking about nobody going there, heaven. Those are the words that start an old spiritual. And uh, there are more words to it, but that's the refrain. And it's an interesting refrain because talking about it ain't the same as doing something about it. And there are lots of implications from the refrain, but I'm going to choose to use that implication. Everybody talking about Everybody talking about nobody going there, heaven. Essentially, if you're going to take a trip, you have to make some sort of preparation. And if you're going to heaven, or if you intend to go to heaven, or if you intend to go towards that which you imagine as heaven, let's call it enlightenment, there has to be some sort of preparation uh, that has to go on in the effort to accomplish uh, that goal. And we have to ask ourselves, uh, what is the effort that we're involved in? What do we do to make it possible for us to be in an appropriate state to touch that thing we call heaven, to touch that thing we call enlightenment, to touch that thing we call reality? What have we done for ourselves to put ourselves in a place where that's feasible? Or do we just talk about it? Do we just give it lip service? Do we just uh, sit around and discuss uh, it? If you have a very good friend, you would be spending time with that friend because you like being in that friend's presence. If you want to make God your friend, you need to spend time with him. You need to put yourself in his presence. And how do you put yourself in his presence. There are the prescribed ways, which are prayer. And prayer is, at the very least, if you're doing some kind of formalistic prayer, prayer is, at the very least, the setting forth of an intention that during certain times of the day, I am setting my being aside for God, for Allah, for the position that I'm taking that in my life this is important enough 
for me to stop whatever I'm doing in order to have some sort of relationship with God. Now, that relationship is at different levels of depth because if the relationship is merely showing up at a place and that is considered a sufficient action uh, by you, then that'll get you one set of uh, accomplishments. It'll be an accomplishment that you've formed a habit, that you stop during the day, and you go somewhere uh, to establish a relationship with God. How far does that relationship go? What happens besides showing up? What happens when you're actually there? Uh, of course, the prayer part comes. Now, the prayer is or isn't heart-connected. The mind is a constant, ongoing uh, scenario that doesn't stop. It doesn't stop just because you've intended to do prayer. It doesn't stop just because you've intended to establish a relationship with your Lord. It continues to go. What happens in your prayer? Do you, can you, bypass that ongoing mind and make a connection through your heart to a place that's separate from what goes on in your mind? And can you make that intention in your heart and make a heart connection at that time? We've all been through lots of different experiences in our life. And we all know about the difference in the depth of the various experiences. We've all been overwhelmed by certain things uh, that happened to us. And even in watching uh, a movie, we can become overwhelmed to the point where tears come out of our eyes. I remember sitting in the room with Bawa and he'd be watching these Hindi movies and he would say to me, Tambi, you know, I know this isn't real. But the stories are such that I become involved in them and I become very, very touched by the situations that the people are put in. Well, the same thing happens to all of us. We're in movies and we become really, really touched by the situations that the people are put in. Well, here we are in our own situation. How touched do we become by the situation we're trying to put ourselves in? I mean, do we realize that that's what we're doing? We're trying, we're attempting, we're putting forth effort to put ourselves in a certain situation. When Bach wrote, he said he was writing to praise God, and the music praises God. And if you listen to it carefully enough, it induces in you reverence. What do we do to induce reverence in ourselves. Listening to Bach could be one of the things that we do. Sufis listen to music 
because there's an understanding that music will induce reverence if it has a certain note to it. Mevlana played the neigh, and the neigh, it's a flute instrument, is a reminder of the yearning of return. Now, can we induce yearning in ourselves? Can we induce a situation where we are open to reality? Can we induce a situation where our attachment to the world is let go? Because this is different than talking about it. This is different than just saying things. This is the personal spiritual work of changing states. It requires attention to specific qualities and the growing of these qualities within our being. It requires the establishment of certain attitudes within ourselves so that when situations arise, we react in a certain way and we react in that certain way consistently every time. For instance, we don't raise our voice. We don't lose our temper. We're respectful to everyone that we meet, no matter what their apparent status in the world may be. We treat everybody the same. We don't get caught up in praise and we don't become susceptible to the depression of blame. Because if we're trying to induce a state that is open to reality, we can't be in a state that's subject to the whims and fancies and hypnotisms and magnetisms of the world that we walk through. But to do this, we have to be conscious, conscious and have consciousness of all of the effects that the world has on us. And then we need to purposefully take a time out. And we have to be the ones who enforce our own time out. And this time out is to meet with our friend, our best friend, our friend who was our friend before our mother and father knew us, our friend who will remain our friend when the world abandons us. We have to take a time out to be with our friend. And we have to do this on a regular basis. And we have to turn up the frequency of this encounter. We have to turn up the intimacy of this encounter. You know, the relationship between a man and a woman 
when they're on their first date and they've been married for 40 years is not the same thing. Our relationship with God can't stay the same. The intimacy has to get greater. The trust has to get greater. The surrender has to get greater. The faith has to get greater. The determination to get closer has to get greater. The ability to overcome all of the obstacles that separate us has to get greater. The intention has to get greater. And we need to know this. We need to be conscious of the fact that we constantly need to strive. We constantly have to put out an effort. And as this effort gets put forth, we should notice that there's a difference in our own sanctity and purity, and also a difference in our ability to go to that place and be comfortable in that place. Prayer, when it's first instituted, begins as an obligation. It should become an opportunity. They're even called the obligatory prayers. They should be called the prayers of opportunity. They should be called that which gives you the chance to get closer to reality. We have to incorporate that kind of a system of understanding within our own being. And we have to become comfortable there. We have to become so comfortable there that we choose to go there as opposed to our worldly status. And we have to be able to make that choice easily and frequently. We need to create a habit of leaving this world to enter into the realm of reality. And we need to create that habit purposefully and happily, and we need to indulge in that habit. You know, in the same way there are things we shouldn't indulge in, there are other things we should indulge in. We have so many habits that we've picked up in the world. We've had figured out so many different things that we can do and we do over and over. We need to figure out how to do this and how to make this a happiness for us. This needs to become our great joy. And we need to make it joyful. Because if we don't make it joyful, we're not going to continue to do it. People have this constant hesitation of continuing to do things that are hard for them. Why was Bawa so loving? Because he exemplified the state that was reality. But there was more than that. If he was too harsh, people would be pushed away from him. And it wasn't his position to push people away. It was his position to bring people close. 
mothers used to, in the beginning, get a little bit nonplussed about the fact that he gave kids candy. But he gave kids candy for an entirely different reason than the mothers thought about. He wanted them to be comfortable with him. He wanted them to come there because they thought something special was going to happen. We need to go to our private place with God because we think something special is going to happen. We need to believe that the opportunity for an occasion that's memorable beyond imagination is going to happen to us when we go to that place. We need to make it sacred in our mind and sacred in our thought and sacred in our heart, sacred in our intention. And we need to be desirous of it. In the same way that desire can take us to wrong places, we need a yearning that'll take us to the right places. The whole world is full of opposites. If you get pulled in one direction, you're going the wrong way. But if you desire something in the right direction, you're going the right way. We need to set up appropriate desires. We need to set up a need in our own being to encounter true prayer, to encounter our Lord, to encounter purity. And all of this is available for us. The reason that the prophets came was to reiterate the message that what they were exemplifying is possible for each of us. What they were exemplifying was the true birthright for each of us is the true nature of each of us. But in order to realize that, you have to encounter that nature. And then you have to begin to feel that nature within yourself. You have to feel that state within your own being. But you have to see it first. It's very difficult to comb your hair and get it the way you want it to look without a mirror. The mirror shows you what you're encountering. A true awliya, a friend of Allah, a friend of God, is a mirror to show you that part of you that you're not familiar with yet. We have all of the examples in the world running around us. And all of them, if we know how to look, will show us a way towards reality. But what the awliya does, the friend of God does, not only does he show us the way to reality, he tells us what to look at. And he tells us how to look, how to feel, the state we need to come into in order to appropriately begin to move forward. And that's why it's so important for us to run into these kinds of people in the world, because they take us in the right direction. They take us towards the truth because their intention then becomes mingled into our intention. 
And since their intention is pure, if we can catch their resonance, if we can catch their vibration, if we can catch their intention, if we can understand their meaning, if we can understand why they do things and how they do things, then those things become ourselves. And that's the key. All of the great ones said, become like me. So we need to go through a metamorphosis. And this metamorphosis begins with intention and it's stoked with effort. And we need to be aware of how it works and what it takes and what the requirements are. And prayer leads to purification and purification brings us closer to the truth. And we need to incorporate all of these things into our life. Allah has to help us do this. We need to constantly ask for the help to be able to continue in this way. We need to understand that we have limitations and weaknesses, but our Savior, our Lord, has no limitations and weaknesses. And in, if we can coordinate ourselves with His will, then our will becomes very powerful and very strong because it becomes His will. And once we've incorporated within His will, we are walking His path. And then our actions are the right actions and can be examples for others. May Allah make this possible for each of us. And may He take us all on that straight path. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.